The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Leach Report. It is our Tuesday edition of the show, coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio in Lexington. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's Pump and Shop. And got a little technical issue, so we're working through that here in this opening segment. Uh, coming up on our show today, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington, we'll talk with the newest commitment for Kentucky football on the recruiting scene. Tyrese Fearbury, one of the nation's higher-ranked edge rushers. Uh, maybe uh, best-case scenario, the next Josh Allen, the next J.J. Weaver, Tyrese Fearbury. Um, committing to Kentucky after the game on Saturday. So we'll hear from him. Uh, Larry Vaught, of course, on Tuesdays joins us. And then Ken Spencer from WHAS-TV will Conclude our lineup of guests for this Tuesday with the Wildcat News of the Day, presented by Giuseppe's of Lexington. Giuseppe'sLexington.com to make your reservations. We'll start with Mark Stoops yesterday talking to the media at his weekly news conference and then on the radio show last night. Um, he said he had some good news about Jordan Wright, that Jordan was able to get back on the practice field yesterday, so he's expected to be back, and that could uh, help Kentucky's pass rush, which has certainly been subpar so far. Um, Jordan's obviously good in that area. Been a guy that's just had a knack for making big plays. Plus, J.J. Weaver played more snaps than they would ideally like for him to play. He's full go as far as the knee, but he didn't get a full off-season of regular conditioning to build up his body, so they don't want to play him as, as many snaps as they had to on Saturday simply because he's not going to be as efficient uh, later in the game and as effective as he is if you're playing him fewer snaps till he gets uh, fully built back up. So now they can spot Weaver, especially have him maybe as a guy who can uh, be playing a lot in the fourth quarter of a close game and be more effective. Uh, a lot of uh, concern, I think, among fans. We had several questions in this vein on the radio show last night about um, the opposing passing attacks, and uh, one fan described it as death by a thousand paper cuts. In fact, he's not getting much rush on the quarterback right now. Uh, it's, uh, Stoops, if in that area and others on the defensive side, if it's more a breakdown of technical issues, uh, things you know, technique, positioning, whatever alignment, or is it guys not winning enough one-on-one matchups? And he said it was the latter, and. He said, uh, somebody asked him about playing more press coverage. He said they did some of that, and the corners had some breakdowns out on the outside. And so if that's happening, you're not going to call a lot of blitzes and put your corners on an island if you don't have the the trust yet that they're going to hold up well, especially when you get back into SEC play this week. South Carolina has some good receivers. So you may have to – this is my, my words, not his. You may have to get used to – what you're seeing as far as some of that bend but don't break defense and then trying to you know rely on Brad White to make 
some great chess moves as far as blitzes, and he did that certainly in the Missouri game. Some of the, the blitzes they called late, they hadn't done much of that. But when they deployed them late, they were very effective in making some big plays and stopping Missouri drives. Um, and that's uh, that may be uh, what how Kentucky's identity defensively evolves for now until uh, guys maybe uh, get better or if they get some more depth back in the secondary, etc. Uh, South Carolina, Stoops said strong up front, um, and so it'll be, uh, you know, the offensive line for Kentucky did not have its typical level of performance on Saturday, so it'll be a challenge uh, for them. Stoops said it was a good practice yesterday, though, that uh, guys were really eager to get back out on the practice, you know, get to work, put the uh, poor performance against Chattanooga behind them. Uh, as expected, Derek Lively committed to Duke last night. Moves Duke to number one in the recruiting rankings at the moment for the class of uh, 2022. And Kentucky uh, will drop to number two. But we'll see how that uh, finishes up at the end of the day. Um, Wildcats uh, now are going to uh, just intensify the focus. I wouldn't say shift to a Dean Bona because Kentucky felt like they could get Bona and Lively both and play them together, but uh, now Lively's out of the mix, so I think uh, that they will certainly intensify their efforts to land Bona. From what I read of the recruiting analysts, the main competition there seems to be UCLA, and uh, he's expected. He took a visit to Canada, uh, to Canada, to uh, Kansas this past weekend. Bona did. Going to come to Kentucky early next month and then to UCLA reportedly later in the month. Links to the stories that we talk about each day can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Again, our Wildcat News of the Day presented by Giuseppe's of Lexington. They have their new climate-controlled patio that they put in last year during the pandemic to be able to give them some opportunity to space people out. And it's just been wonderful, especially on a cool fall evening like we have coming. Live music, great food out on the patio at Giuseppe's. Full wine and bourbon selections. Check it all out at GiuseppesLexington.com. We'll be right back. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at TalkRadio1080.com. Now, back to the show. It's the Tuesday edition of the Leach Report, and we go to the DrinkSword.com hotline to bring on Tyrese Fearbury. He's the newest commitment for Mark Stoops in the Kentucky football program. Uh, made his decision Saturday night. So, Tyrese, what was it that sealed the deal for you in Kentucky? Um, just uh, just being around the, uh, I mean, in Kentucky, just uh, getting a feel for it and what it's going to be like uh, for a new home. Um, Coach White, uh, Coach Stoops, Coach Buff, like those are all great coaches. I, I believe, I mean, I can see myself playing there for the next four years. Yeah, I mean, developing as a I mean, young man. So that's why, I mean, I picked Kentucky. I know you're ranked as one of the top edge rushers in the country, and with that being the case, would I be correct to assume that what happened here with Josh Allen was a big factor in your decision? Yes. So like everyone, like, since I, so like, when I took my official to Kentucky, like, I was getting compared to Josh Allen a lot. You uh, know, I was probably, like, slightly bigger than Josh, uh, being 6'5", 230. So, I mean, like, just being compared to Josh Allen, like, that's a real big thing to live up to. And, like, Kentucky's has some good outside linebackers. And linebackers in general, so, like, I mean, like, in my position, I believe, I mean, Kentucky could really help me 
to be, I mean, that edge rusher that they need. Uh, have you talked to Josh at all by any chance? Uh, I've never talked to Josh. Just uh, thought I'd uh, ask just in case. Uh, was Coach White in charge of your recruitment? Uh, actually, it was Coach Buff- uh, Buffiano. Uh, um, but, I mean, going, I mean, like, Coach White offered me, but, you know, I mean, I, I got connected to uh, Coach White through Coach Buff. So, um, I guess you could say yes, then. What was the whether it was Frank talking to you or or uh, Brad? What was the the pitch that they made to you that sold you on Kentucky? It really wasn't a pitch. It was just more so just I mean, I mean just seeing it for yourself. Like like they said, Kentucky is like a nice place. Like like the education's good. The program's totally different. And like just being down there for like the first time, really getting used to it. Yeah, I mean just getting used to the players. I mean the culture around you. Like like that's like that's a big thing. I mean, just moving away. So, like, like there really wasn't no pitch. It was just more so. I mean, getting the feel. I mean, of I mean, who I want to be around for the next four years. So, I mean, like that's how it was for me. That's how I saw it. When did just just growing up as a as a sports fan? When did Kentucky first show up on your radar? Was it any time before they started recruiting you? I actually never watched college football, or I mean, NFL football until up to like I started just. Just started watching NFL football like two, three years ago. Like that's when I really got into it. But I really, I mean, like, I really haven't watched college football that much. Understand? What do you see yourself needing to do to put yourself in the best chance to succeed when you get to Kentucky? Between now and then? Uh, between now and then, I want to like, like right now. So I'm two thirty. I want to add a little bit more weight. Yeah, I mean, just develop more pass rush moves. I mean, schemes. Uh, I mean, just the like type of way I play. Um, like Coach White, I mean, he tells me what I need to do, what I need. Uh, I mean, what to fix. Yeah, I mean, like overall, I feel like I'm doing pretty good right now. Until I mean, I get to I mean the next level. Uh, see what I got to uh, actually fix. When you look at uh, coming to play in the in the SEC, was that a big part of the appeal for you? Um, I would like. Everyone says the SEC is a big. I mean, like. It's where the dogs are made. And I do think that because, I mean, like, everyone, every big team, every top team is in the SEC. Like, everyone in the SEC is real competitive, too. So, I mean, that's how, like, SEC, like, really separates itself from the, I mean, Pac-12, Big Ten, ACC, and I forgot the other one. But, I mean, like, just playing the SEC, that's a real big thing coming from the city league. How'd you like Lexington when you visited? It was, like, it was, it was quiet. Like, and that's how I kind of like it. I like it quiet, but to where, I mean, I can still, I mean, enjoy myself. Uh, I mean, just first getting down there, I mean, just seeing, like, like to feel like all that grass, all the field, like, there's, like, a lot of opportunity down there. Like, uh, it's real big. You were saying you yeah. didn't watch a lot of college football or NFL football until the last few years. Now you're being compared to a guy who was a first-round draft pick in the NFL and uh, that kind of thing. Uh, is that uh, exciting for you, or do you feel pressure, or how does that make you feel? Um, it's exciting, and it's a little bit of pressure at the same time. Because, like, at the same time, like, I'm getting compared to a first-round draft pick that, I mean, went through, like, that literally played at Kentucky. Um, so, like, I mean, a little bit of pressure, but at the same time, like, I'm not, like, it's, I mean, it'll take time. Like, I know not, not everyone's going to have a great year of the first year. But, I mean, just living up to, I mean, all the outside linebackers I played at, I mean, Kentucky, Josh Allen being one, but the Creed and them, 
But uh, just living up to that, uh, I mean, that's a big thing to do. Do you play any other sports coming up in, as a child? Uh, I played football. That was it. But I wasn't really into football growing up. Well, it sounds like you're going to be getting uh, deep into it now. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. congratulations on the decision. Uh, excited to see you in blue and white. And thank you for your time. No problem. Appreciate it. Tyrese Fearbury, the newest commit for Mark Stoops and company. And, again, you're talking about a guy that's ranked as one of the top ten edge rushers in the country. And you go back to the the Bear Bryant era. Kentucky had great success getting players out of the Pennsylvania area like Tyrese. The legendary Bob Gain right at the top of that list. Now, from a Pennsylvania product, let's go to a Kentucky product. That is Shuffle Bean Coffee. Kentucky-based company that started up nine years ago. And they make a fantastic cup of coffee. They're the official coffee of Rupp Arena and the KFC Yum Center. If you haven't tried it, next time you're in Kroger, pick up a green and white bag of Shuffle Bean coffee and give it a try. Order through them, some through Amazon Prime or through shufflebean.us. And while you're on their website, read a little bit about the company. They are all about quality. You're going to love Shuffle Bean coffee and put a little hustle in your shuffle. It's the Leach Report, and we'll be right back. Persevere and uh, get to the bottom of the outbreak here and see if we can uh, break something and then rebuild it. Um, in the meantime, let's go to the drinkstore.com hotline. Bring on Larry Vaught to uh, talk a little UK sports. So, uh, what was your take on anything you heard from Mark Stoops yesterday, Larry? Uh, I don't think anything too too surprising. Top. I think he was kind of like kind of got amused when he when he scolded Liam Cohen for maybe being too honest with the media that he better watch what he what he's saying when he comes out and says things. But I think nothing really that you would have been not not expecting from from Mark. I think obviously he knows they didn't play well, has made no secret about that. Knows they've got to play a lot better. I was a little surprised he was didn't elaborate a little bit more on, on hopefully Jordan Wright returning, but Mark has never wanted to want to deal much with injuries and tell you a whole lot about what's going on. But that that's going to be big if, if they do get him back, and it sure sounded like they were. Yeah, he said he's actually on the radio show. He said he was on the practice field yesterday. So um, that was uh, good. He will be a big plus uh, down in South Carolina. And, yeah, I got a kick out of his comments about Coach Cohen, too, because I had the same thought when I heard the comments from Coach Cohen. I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure you want to be quite that honest. <laughs> We, 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 we like him to be that, but like I say, most coaches aren't. It's kind of refreshing to see Liam, uh, I guess, going through this learning process and all like that. But yeah, I know right after the game when, when I heard Liam say, yeah, plan was just to kind of rest Chris, not using that much and all like that. I'm thinking, well, oh, that's probably not what you want to say after you, after you just win 28 to 23. Yeah. So, uh, it's, uh, part of the, part of the, uh, the process, as they say. Um, this is going to be an interesting 
game from a lot of aspects. But one in particular, if Kentucky goes down there and uh, wins and looks sharp doing it, then I think the tendency is to uh, write off Chattanooga as just uh, you know a day where they just didn't get themselves ready to play, took their opponent too lightly or whatever. If they uh, don't play well Saturday, especially if they lose, then it uh, those two get lumped in together. Yeah, I, I agree, Tom. And I, I'm, I guess, like 90% of the people I thought coming into the season that probably either Missouri or Mississippi State were maybe the biggest games of the year for Kentucky because what could be at stake. But I'm not so sure now that you don't elevate South Carolina to that point just because of what you just said. You win and win a convincing fashion. I think all the mojo's back and everything is good. I think if you, obviously, if you lose, things are not going to be what you wanted. And even if you was, was to struggle and not play great again, I think it allows a lot more doubts to kind of creep in before you get ready for that really rugged three-game stretch. So I think this is a, a really key game for Kentucky. But I think the good thing through the history of Mark Stoops, a lot of times when they kind of come off one of those clunkers, they have a tendency to come back and play really well the next week. Yeah, that's true. I asked him about that last night. He said uh, he kind of felt the same way. And yeah, you know, I was thinking yesterday, what if Chris Rodriguez hangs onto the football in that second quarter against Missouri and they go twenty-eight to seven? And if they go on and win that game convincingly, you probably look at Chattanooga differently too. So that's that's the thing about it. you. Know, we all make get asked to make or make preseason prediction, and then once you get into the season, things change. Yeah, I mean, just to say, John Calipari, right? That's what happened last year. Last year with him, so you just you just have to have to kind of roll with the punches. But again, bottom line, Kentucky's three and zero on offense. You're seeing a lot of pieces that will now fit together well at the same time. You think, well, you really like this? I think if anything, well, let's, let's pick up on that when we come back. We got to get to the bottom of the hour break. We'll continue with that when we return on the report. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at TomLeachKY. From the Clark's Puppet Shop studio, it's the second half of the Leach Report for this Tuesday. And we're chatting with Larry Vaught on the DrinkSword.com hotline from VaughtsViews.com. And this is Sandstorm. It's what you'll hear about a thousand times at South Carolina. And saw Will Levis on social media. Larry uh, posted that uh, he's got this on repeat this week. So um, he's a, a guy that has a little swagger uh, about him. And uh, this is his first road test as a starting quarterback at Kentucky. Yeah, and hopefully you won't have to hear Sandstorm quite as many times as you're predicting right there. If you hear that many times, it might not be a good night, Tom. But <laughs> yes. I, I, Will is just a pretty uh, unique individual. I like I like the way he's been playing. I really like the way that he handled himself after a not so great game on on Saturday. That he didn't make any excuses, uh, blamed himself. Val Vada would get better. I mean, he went ahead and came on with us on, on on Sunday morning, and again didn't duck out, which some guys might do if they had less than their best performance. But I, I like when your quarterback and your leader, when things don't go well. He's not running for cover. He's right out front saying, "Okay, yeah, we we got to do better, and I got to be one to do better myself." And I think that bodes well for his leadership and what he means to this team. And I think he will play 
better. I mean, you got to remember, just his third start, he's still learning this offense, learning these guys, and I mean, can't expect perfection from him either. Even though you would like it, you just can't expect it every week. Yeah, I think you make a good point about uh, how he handled, uh, you know, a uh, two interception day. But there were some good moments too, including a throw to Isaiah Cummings for Isaiah's first touchdown. And uh, you write at VaultsViews dot com that uh, you, you're excited about the upside of Cummings. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be Jacob Tammy, but <laughs> at least now <laughs> who would be? A yeah, that's a good point. That's a fair point. Jacob would agree with that, or his, or his family would. But you see a guy that I think is going to have that ability to maybe stretch that field a little bit more from the tight end position, not a physical bruiser, but can do other things at tight end that makes it easier for him to block because you have to respect him more and get off the line a little bit. And, all. and I think, again, this reminds me a little bit of when Jacob made the move and he had a good game, but it just took him a while and maybe even a year. But Isaiah, this is new to him, but I think he's just going to get better and better. And he's a guy that's got great hands. And when he, when he gets the ball, it's not going to get away from him very often. No, I, I don't think so. And I think he is uh, going to be you know, a guy that uh, over the course of the season, there, there'll be a big game or two in there and uh, probably better in the second half than in the first. Um, I still think Bates is uh, going to have some big moments. And uh, Rig is is uh, you know playing really well. Freddie was raving about how he and Bates are, are blocking, but uh, Rig had a big catch and run in the Missouri game. So I think uh, over the course of this season, I know going into this game they uh, were hoping uh, to get some other wide receivers involved a little bit more that could take a little bit of the load off Wandale and, and Josh in terms of number of snaps and. I know I saw Magwood out there some, Demarcus Harris a little more, but uh, nobody uh, you know had a catch, uh, and maybe it's uh, taking some of the you know load off the the wide receivers might come with the tight ends. Yeah, I, I think so, and, and if nothing else, just that threat that Isaiah or or, or, or Bates might might give you to get down the field or, or, or really make a play like he did last week, that could help just open things up for uh, uh, for both. Ali and, and and Robinson more too because you have to pay a lot more attention to those guys. It makes it harder to double them up. So I, I think it's just a good good situation. I mean, they got a lot of different options for Will to to go to, including I think he can throw more to Cavassier and, and Chris coming out of the backfield. I still think it's something we're going to see more of going forward. So I, I think the offense has got the pieces. It's just kind of getting in rhythm, getting in sync, and, and staying a little bit more consistent. Maybe or maybe just not coming out flat. I mean, I think over the years we've seen a lot of teams they maybe were not emotionally sharp anyway, and they come out and they just go down the field right away and just score and think, well, we'll just score a hundred today if we want to. And then the next time you don't, you think, well, it'll be okay. And all of a sudden it's got to halftime. It's not quite okay. Then it's just Anthony White tells me all the time it's just hard to kick it back into gear when it hadn't been in gear. No, I've heard athletes say that a lot over the years. It's the Leach Report served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. We're talking with Larry Vaught from uh, VaughtsViews.com. And uh, in addition to joining us on Tuesdays, he and Anthony White uh, and Dick Gabriel were on the uh, Sunday morning show here in the Lexington market this past weekend. You guys uh, got a chance to talk with Sky Clark's dad as well. For folks that uh, didn't hear that interview, what were some of your takeaways? Well, I, I think the, the biggest takeaway from – from from Kenny when he just talks about it, Sky, it's just what a 
hard worker he is, as shown by the way he's rehabbing this torn knee ligament that he had, how he's ahead of schedule, and even why he can't do an abundance of things. He's in the gym trying to work on his floater, trying to get his shot more consistent, working on some ball handling drills and things he can do. But he's also already monitoring his diet to kind of get things right. And with all the recruiting success Kentucky's had recently, and I think it's going to keep having, basically, you kind of forget about Sky because he committed almost a year ago and lost most of his junior season because of COVID worries as his dad talked about that was his dad's decision just to pull him out. And then this summer he gets hurt on the summer circuit. So I think he's I think he's only ranked around fifteenth, which isn't exactly bad. But if he but but if not for all that, I think he's easily a top ten guy. So when he gets here, I think he's going to make a bigger impact than maybe what some are anticipating right now. And he's also a really good recruiter. I mean, I remember Sky and his dad both telling me six, seven months ago that Kentucky they thought was going to have the best recruiting class John Calipari's ever had. And I'm thinking, wow, that's kind of optimistic. You know, he's had some pretty good ones, but with some of the pieces they've still got a chance to put in place, they might turn out to be right. Sounds like it. Um, you also wrote about Kentucky volleyball, a a big win over 16th-ranked Stanford, and uh, Kentucky had lost a five-setter to Louisville earlier in the week, so uh, they needed this one, right? Yeah, a, a huge, huge win for Kentucky's confidence, I think. It, uh, they had, had lost at number two, Wisconsin. They had lost at number five, Louisville, when they let a 9-7 lead get away in the fifth set and, and lost that match just last Wednesday. Had lost earlier in the season at home to Creighton, and not exactly the start you would maybe think for a team that was ranked third coming into the season, but also I wondered how you could be ranked third coming into the season when you lost Madison Miller, Gabby Curry, and Avery Skinner off the team that you had last year. I mean, that was a lot of firepower to think you just going to automatically plug people in. So, and, and Craig Welcome Skinner to John was not ready. world. Yeah, yeah. Craig, <laughs> Craig Skinner was not ready to panic, but I think he didn't back away from saying that, yeah. A win like that helped because now it kind of reinforces what you're doing in practice. That if you do these things, you can finish it out. And and it looked like they were going to win in four sets. And they let it get away a little bit from them there. Had to go to the fifth set, but but won an impressive fashion. Now they get ready to start SEC play, and I think they're going to be. They're just going to keep getting better because these young players they've got are, are kind of learning and getting better each match, and you can see it. And they've been dealing with some injuries, and if they can get back to a full roster, that'll help them a lot too. Larry Vaught, thank you much. All right, Tom. You can read him at vaughtsviews.com. It's the Leach Report. Ken Spencer joins the program when we come back. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. To the DrakeSword.com hotline we go to bring on Ken Spencer from WHAS 11 in Louisville to uh, talk a little observation, a few observations on Kentucky football through three games. A uh, bit of a clunker on Saturday uh, against a team that Kentucky should have handled much easier, Kent. So as a uh, former college football player, do you just write that one off as uh, didn't take their opponent seriously enough, or do you see some other reasons for concern? Well, first and foremost, Tom, I'd like to thank Shannon for playing in Thunderstruck because that is my four-year-old son's favorite song in the history of the world. So that's a that's a that's a big, that's a big Shan- deal. 
Uh, Shannon's man, his intel is is amazing. He gets. <laughs> you know, I mean, I do. I just to some extent, like it's a little bit of both for me. Do I write it off? Yes, um, because I think clearly there's a couple things. On Thursday, Mark Stoops kind of gave the I. You know, I think we're ready to play, and it really wasn't a vote of confidence when I heard that. Like I, I listened to it and I was like, I don't. I think he's. You know, I think there's been a little bit of a hangover from that Missouri game. Uh, maybe a little bit too much, you know, kind of celebration and they're not 100% dialed in. Like, that's the feeling that I got when I listened to him talk on, on Thursday. And then yesterday, you know, he said, you know, in games like this, the players just kind of want to move that aside. And I really do feel like he thinks that his team overlooked Chattanooga. Um, and when you, and, and you, you know, you being in the booth, you know, Chattanooga, especially up front, they did not look like an FCS team that was supposed to get blown out by 31. Like, their offensive and defensive lines, I thought, were pretty impressive. I mean, I Good think size. they had a bunch of fifth and sixth year guys back, but like, those guys looked the part. Yeah, I think you're right. That's a good point. Also, the fact that uh, what you said about uh, Stoops on Thursday is probably a good point because, and and you can see how this could happen when how many times uh, was the the phrase uttered in some version about the you know the Missouri game was the game most important game of the season and how important it was and uh, to for Kentucky to achieve any of its goals they had to beat Missouri and surely players. And if not them, then their families hear that kind of talk, and so uh, it maybe we sh- we should have uh, all not been surprised that you would, uh, to use a horse racing term, bounce off that uh, game. You know, and the, and the funny thing about it is, it's not like you know. For me, this is my personal opinion. When it says, "Oh, they weren't ready to play," they didn't bring it. All you know, all that stuff. Yeah, there's a there's a large part of that, but you know. And, and Stoops mentioned this yesterday when it comes to, like, preparation. It's not so much you didn't come and want to play well on Saturday. You know, it's the things that you have to do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to play well, right? Like, how well do you know your opponent's tendencies? You know, how much how much film did you study that week? Did you study less than you did the week before? Because if you did, then you're not so sure exactly what they're doing 100% of the time, and that makes you a step or two slow and that can be that can mean all the difference in a game on Saturday. Um, so it's those kind of little things. I think all of that stuff for me it adds up, and that's the performance that that sometimes you get on a Saturday uh, when you're playing, you know, on paper an overmatched opponent. Stoops uh, said something last night on the radio show about that they're still trying to find their identity, and um, I think it's an interesting uh, area to explore because. You know, coming uh, into the the season, I think people uh, fans are looking at uh, Kentucky defensively so far and uh, thinking that uh, they haven't been playing to the level that that they expected, um, and that you know they're frustrated by the you know teams they're not getting pressure sacks on the quarterback and pressure on the QB, and they're not uh, and teams are just kind of dinking and dunking the ball down the field in their you know quick passing game, uh, but. Kentucky did lose five guys to the NFL. And if you think of, I was just thinking about this yesterday, you look, they lost Bohanna and Phil Hoskins up front. And at this point, the guys that are in those slots that those guys departed from haven't played to that level yet. 
you look at the secondary, and they lost two guys to the NFL, in Joseph and in Eccles. And the guys in those spots haven't played to the level of the guys that departed yet. And so, yeah, they have a lot of experience on D, but they uh, have had, you know, they've dropped off in those positions where they lost guys to the NFL. And Jamin Davis is the other one, even though Jacquez Jones, I think, is playing very well. It's a drop-off from, from Jamin Davis. Now, if you look at the offensive side, uh, the O-line didn't have a good game on Saturday, but they were very good against Missouri. So you figure you're at least as good there or close. Uh, running backs, you're, you're better, uh, if only because you're a year older. Quarterback, you're better. Wide receiver, you're better. Tight end, you're better because you have more guys and you're an older. So maybe this team's identity is going to be that defensively, they're not going to be overpowering, and they're just going to keep you in games, and the offense is going to have to win more games where maybe defense and special teams won them in the past. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think defensively, you know, clearly the way that they want to play is they want to make an opponent drive down with like a twelve play drive. And like, hope they make a mistake. Yeah, don't make don't make a big mistake. Are you patient enough to drive down the field? I think the biggest key. For Kentucky's defense this year, and they're and they're going to make sure they, they're going to have to to get there, and, and they've been pretty good, I think, in the first couple of games. You're going to have to you're going to have to be really really good against the run. I mean, I really do feel like you know, and it, it's it's not just Kentucky; it's pretty much everybody. Like, how are you in the trenches on both sides of the ball? Um, and and that's and that's what's going to be the key to success for them. You know, their their front seven needs to be really good against the run on the defensive side of the ball. And I think on the back end, they're just going to say, look, don't give up the big play. We're going to give up, um, you know, some stuff underneath. But then you've got to be sure tacklers, you know, when you when you do that, make, make opponents go 10-plus on you um, to be able to score. Make them have the patience because a lot of teams, they don't have the patience. And they try to force things, and that's when mistakes can happen. Um, so, I mean, I think that that's going to end up being their identity. I think, you know, it, you know, last week they didn't have Jordan Wright. You know, J.J. Weaver is healthy enough to play, but J.J. Weaver still, to this point, you know, even though I think he has three sacks um, on the season, you know, he's not as explosive as, as he was last year, which is completely natural. I mean, he's coming sure. he's coming back from an ACL injury, um, but I think he's coming each and every week. You know, but I think that defensive line, you know, they, they've got to be uh, – they've got to really be a wall when it comes defending the run and you know you're getting ready um you know this week and and you know when the week's coming up you're you're gonna face some teams that that are pretty good when it comes to running the football uh and uh offensively you know team uh this team uh, chattanooga played their safeties deep kind of played keep kept everything in front and uh i think the thing that uh, kentucky can do now offensively is they have more ways to beat you so they didn't do this effectively this Saturday, but I think they, they should be able to do this. It's like, okay, if you're going to do that, we'll just run the ball. And eventually you're going to have to, to sacrifice something, and then we'll get it to Wandale. You know, and I honestly, um, you know, Missouri played uh, one of their safeties, you know, in that game, played them, played them extremely deep. And I think they saw the film over Monroe, and, they, you know, they kind of defended against that as well. Um, but you're right. I mean, the way that Kentucky was running the ball, then all of a sudden they were still able to get a, a shot or two um, over top that defense. And, and you know, that's, you know, even on that side of the ball, for me, it's the offensive line. You know, it's got to be, you know, they weren't, they weren't great. I, I really don't think they were great against Louisiana Monroe because, you know, Levis got, got sacked a few times and they, and they struggled running the ball. Um, 
and they really weren't great this past week against Chattanooga. Now they were great against Missouri, especially you know when you have a back that goes over 200 yards. Um, and that's just something that has to be more consistent for them. They have to instill their their will um, because that is a really really good unit for them, um, and they've got to be great. They especially need to be great this week at South Carolina because, like Missouri, right? We always talk about these swing games. South Carolina is another one of those swing games. Like you get this, and you're really on track to do some some decent things. Very true, Ken Spencer. Thank you, sir. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. At Ken Spencer. Uh, on, uh, I'll have to look up the Twitter here. <laughs> can't remember it. But anyway, it's WHAS-TV for Kent Spencer. And it's at WHAS11Kent on Twitter. There it is. I knew I was getting close to it. Uh, we're heading to a break. We'll come back and wrap up this edition of the Leach Report in just a moment. This day in Wildcat history, 1946, it was the Bears' first game coaching at the University of Kentucky. The Wildcats beat Ole Miss 20-7. to uh, Things worked out pretty well for the Bear after that. Happy birthday to the Goose, Jack Gibbons. You see Jack today, wish him a happy birthday. Uh, he's part of our UK network broadcast team, so we'll be seeing him over at the Craft Center one day soon, watching basketball practices. Uh, Wondell Robinson has picked up a new NIL deal with Paul Miller Ford here in Lexington. So they're connecting with a local athlete, and um, you know, we're just going to see how this NIL thing evolves. Uh, and in Florida, at Kentucky, a week from Saturday, it's an either-or as far as the kick time. It's going to be a night game, but it'll either be 6 o'clock on ESPN or 7 o'clock on the SEC Network. They're, uh, I'm sure, watching for the result of Kentucky, South Carolina, and maybe Florida, Tennessee this weekend. And uh, the other game that doesn't go on ESPN will be uh, Mississippi State and Texas A&M will be the SEC network or vice versa. We'll see you tomorrow on the Leach Report from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio, served up by Wild Eggs. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page.